previously on Growing Up Gilmore. I'm interested to see like how our opinions differ considering I grew up with it and I think mm. I harbor like deeper feelings for certain things than you would because yeah. you've only watched it through the one time. We're going to watch the series each episode and just break down what goes on in the episode, but more from a perspective of... What, like writing. Writing. and The characters. Yeah, their journey. Just like, like cool things about, you know, women's relationships, mother-daughter relationships. It's so easy to focus on the men because there's like that divide of like mm-hmm. Team Logan, Team Jess, Team Max, Team Luke, whatever. But... Gosh, the women are so good in this series, Mm -hmm. and they are not talked about enough. All I wrote in my notes was, Emily Gilmore, the legend. Also, I think that's kind of funny that she thinks she's going to die before her parents. I know. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. You know, that's a good point, yeah. (laughs) But this is the moment. Are we talking about the moment? We're talking about the moment. Luke comes to the table. In a collared shirt, like a light blue, mm-hmm. like button-up collared shirt. And she's like, My oh. favorite shirt on, a, on anyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially men, but mm-hmm. white blue button shirt. Yeah. And she's like, you look nice. So Luke, before she eats the chili fries, he says, I've got to stop you. You're turning into your mother. And Rory ends with, sorry, too late. Yeah. Hi everyone, it's Amy. And this is Elise. And we are Growing Up Gilmore. We are back for the second episode of season one, The Lorelai's First Day at Chilton. Before we get into the episode recap, Elise has a little information for us about the writer and director. We have the director is Arlene Sanford. She is best known for directing episodes of Desperate Housewives, Allie McBeal. Ooh. Very 90s. Uh, and Boston Legal. I have seen two why, two of those shows. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't really thoroughly watch Allie McBeal, did you? No. Yeah, me either. That was way beyond my yeah. years when that was out. I have seen Boston Legal oh. only because my mother loves that show. Oh. Is it just about legal stuff in Boston? I couldn't tell you. Okay. <laughs> I've been present in the room while it's uh, on. Maybe and we need to do a first... deep dive on that show. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> the first one is Desperate Housewives. Oh, yeah. I've watched Desperate Housewives. Yep. Yes. yes. The writers, uh, again, Amy Sherman Palladino. Okay. I think it's good. I think she's finding her strive here. We're yeah. getting closer to where we need to be for this series to like really take off I in know. this episode. Yeah. Uh, we meet a lot more characters this time around. And we really get to see a day in the life of them with a big moment happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two Lorelai's first day at Chilton. <laughs> we open to Rory and Lorelai sitting on the front porch. A wholesome moment between them that I really think helps solidify this special bond that they have. Uh, very sisterly. They do a great job in this little moment establishing that there are nerves about Chilton. They both have nerves about Chilton. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's immediately brought to an end when Lane shows up with an XTC CD 
Uh, never heard of XTC. Had to look them up while we were discussing this podcast. Yep. Um, not something I would normally listen to, I think. No. Not so. really my vibe. <laughs> <laughs> I love though. It's so cool. She is painting her nails red. Yes, because and bad girls yes. paint their nails red. Lorelai is such a troublemaker. I know. And Rory's eating, just like pouring whipped cream into her mouth and like mm-hmm. out of the canister. Mm-hmm. It's very iconic. I agree. So Lane runs up with the CD. Immediately Lorelai ditches Rory to rock out to this new CD. Mm-hmm. But my main question here is... The first, the pilot episode establishes that Lane is really under this, like, dictatorship. How is Lane out so late? How is she highly controlled but not controlled at all? <laughs> you know? It's, yeah. She's like a, a, a free bird just, like, wandering. I think they're still navigating it right now. Oh, totally. This, yeah. I just I feel like the show was kind of not, like, almost thrown together. So I, I think they weren't solidifying, like, exactly the perimeters. But, I, I don't know, going forward, I feel like she's, it kind of sticks that way. I where agree. She, where she's controlled and then not. I agree. I think it does take them a little bit to find their groove with each character. Yeah. And understandably so, if she wrote the show, the first pilot, over a weekend, mm-hmm. not every detail is going to be hammered out. And I honestly would say... The first season is hammering out a lot of details. Uh It's not until really the second season that we get like a, a good flow of things. Yeah. And, and also because how, how fast paced Amy Sherman Palladino likes to write things, the studio wasn't giving her the page count that she wanted. So she had to cut like 20, 25 pages off in the first season. Yeah. Of scripts. Which doesn't seem like a lot, but that is a lot. Yeah. And Amy was saying that she, there's a lot of parts in the first season where they just had to film extra stuff, like getting ready in the morning or mm-hmm. doing little stuff just to fill in the gaps mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because they had extra time on their hands and they had to make a 45 minute show. We wake up with Lorelai with Rory screaming at her, mom, what are you doing? It's 710. Yeah. With her, like, blue fluffy alarm clock (laughs) that I just, like, why do we have this? It is, like, the most chaotic thing I can recall watching on this show. It's your worst nightmare to wake up late, especially on, like, your first day. Mm -hmm. But it's funny because it's Lorelai the mom. Exactly. Exactly. That's, That's overslept. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And calling, like, Rory a liar. Yeah. <laughs> Very Lorelai. Very. Very. I love the Paul Frank monkey t-shirt. That was so 2000s. Mm, oh, yeah. Immediately brought me back. <laughs> like, why is a, a 32-year-old woman wearing a Paul Frank monkey shirt? I don't know. <laughs> Amy Sherman Palladino did such a great job with the writing of this scene, creating the chaos. Uh-huh. She could have just woken her up and said it's 710 and could have rushed out the door. But the added element of Rory saying it's 712, it's 713, it's Mm -hmm. 714, you get like this immediate sense of panic. As Lorelai is talking through, she wanted to go get coffee, she wanted to get breakfast, she wanted to pick up her dry cleaning. And then she realizes she didn't get her dry cleaning. 
So she has nothing to wear. To her daughter's first day of school. And this is something upon watching many, many, many times. You're telling me that Lorelai had nothing else to wear? Yeah. No. I mean, you never see her really in the same outfit. No. She has a lot of dice clothes. Right. And they were all at the dry cleaners. That dry cleaners was busy. Yeah. If they had her entire <laughs> wardrobe, they must know her well. Uh, it, we never see her wear something like that again, but it does make for a memorable television moment. Oh, yeah. I love that outfit so much. She mm-hmm. comes running down the stairs. With those big cowboy boots on, too. Jean shorts. Yeah, with the slits up the side. Yeah, like, like cut up. Oh, my gosh. And a tie-dye pink shirt. And I remember watching this on TV and just dying inside. Yeah. Because I went to a private school, and I could not imagine anyone's mom ever showing up to that school like that. Yeah. Just the secondhand embarrassment you immediately feel upon first watching it is horrific. Now when I watch it, it's like funny and I laugh and yeah, Yeah. it's like, oh, of course, like this would happen to you. It's very Lorelai. She gets in the car, they get ready to go. And we were talking about having like that, like filling scenes moment. Yeah. This next scene where they're driving in the Jeep, they drive past Stars Hollow High, and Rory has this moment where she's, like, watching these kids throw footballs. and Yeah, like, outside of the school. Yeah, my high school never looked like that. No, everybody's tired. Yeah. Exactly. And they do not want to be there. Exactly. But she's having this moment of, oh, there's my old life, and uh-huh. now I'm on to my new life. And then it's just, like, scenes of the Jeep driving down the road. Yeah, we Bye. don't we don't need that. <laughs> it we just kind of it's very delayed. So that was filler. Yeah, that had to be fillers. So. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I understand showing her driving by the school. Yeah, but then driving through the town, driving on the highway, <laughs> showing the sign to Hartford. Like mm-hmm. we know that that's where she's going. Yeah, we don't need to see it. It makes me think of theater, like show things without telling them. Yeah, we don't need to see that. Yeah, that so, was filler stuff. They arrive at Chilton, and there's this moment of silence between them where they're just kind of taking it all in. And they say that everything seems bigger than they remember. And they have this, like, synonymous head... I called it a dog head tilt. (laughs) Like, when you say something that a dog likes and they tilt their head. And we get this moment where we can tell that they have entered a different world. Through their dialogue, you can see that this is going to be a different reality than Stars Hollow. We They are on their own journey now. Yeah, um, I can't imagine pulling up to a place like that and being like, I go to this, this place. Yeah, no. I don't want to go to there. No. <laughs> I don't. No, thank you. Yeah, nope. Like, you can just tell when they're walking in that the students are different, the atmosphere is different, it's unlike Stars Hollow. People are busy and more self-involved. Uh-huh. But we get um, them out of the car. Mm-hmm. And, well, no, okay, so Ror- Lorelai doesn't know that she has to go inside. She's like, okay, bye, have a good day, uh, your first day of school. And Rory's like, 
wait, do you have to come inside and meet the headmaster? And she's like, no way. Yeah, she's like, I look like the chick from, from Dukes, Dukes of, of Hazard. Luckily, she brought a coat. Uh, yeah, a floor-length coat. A floor-length clo- coat. Yeah. Very, that she must have had that leftover from, like, the 90s. Absolutely. Gets out of the car, does her classic bumbling Lorelai, and drops mm-hmm. the coat in front of, like, two well-dressed ladies. Yeah, we were talking about this when we were watching the episode. We get to see a lot of Lauren Graham's physicality. Uh, yes. And she is great. Fantastic. She's one of those actors who you can tell has done a lot of theater, mm-hmm. but it tra- she still is able to translate it onto screen without it being over the top. Right. And I'll discuss this more when we get into the Rachel episode. I was just <laughs> going to say that. Yep. Um, where sometimes that just doesn't translate, but her, she's very good at physical, physical comedy. Mm-hmm. Lauren Graham. They're stumbling around now when they walk into Chilton. Uh-huh. But she's got her coat on. She's got her coat on. But not tied. No. No. (laughs) Like, why wouldn't you? Yeah. (laughs) They're turning around. They're trying to find the Ambrose building. And there's this guy who is clearly checking Lorelai out immediately. Yeah, he's got, like, he's, like, the swag, and he's in a suit. Mm Mm-hmm. And he, he introduces himself. His name is Ian Jack. And when I was originally watching the episode, I was like, Ian Jack, he has two first names. That's gross. No offense if you have two first names, but what a (laughs) weird name to have. And he says, or excuse me, Lorelai introduces Rory as her daughter. And he is amazed that she has a daughter. daughter. Like, I think he says, your daughter, that's great. And then asks if he can meet her husband. Oh. As, like, a sly way of being, like, so are you married or not? Mm -hmm. And And Lorelai is eating it up. Yep. And And she turns back with the, oh, I'd love to meet your wife. Oh. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. So she's able to play the game. Like, (laughs) we already know she can play the game. But he says they're divorced. He has a daughter that goes to Chilton named Julia and tells Rory, oh, I'll introduce... I'll introduce you to Julia. I'll let Julia know to look out for you. We never see Julia. No. We never meet a Julia. I don't think so. So clearly it's not meant to go anywhere. Yeah. But we don't know that in this moment either. It's just funny because Rory is standing here with Lorelai and this random man. Mm-hmm. She's very used to this already. But she needs to get to the headmaster's office. Right. They're there for Rory's first day. <laughs> Of school, and she's getting hit. Her mom's getting hit on, and they're just. <laughs> you can just tell that Rory has been through this before. Yeah, and she's standing there, looking so annoyed. She has like an eye roll moment. Of yeah. just like, is this really happening again? Why does this always have to happen on th- on days that are important to me, <laughs> for moments that are important to me? Yeah, that um, Alexis Bedell is so good in that moment. I agree. So funny. She doesn't play at the typical, like, overly annoyed. It's just kind of like her facial expressions back and forth of watching them watch. Like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, they start to walk away, and she's like, I have to go to work. We have to go meet the headmaster, and then I have to go to work. And they turn away, and then he's like, well, where do you work? And Lorelai immediately turns back around and just looks at him, at the Independence Inn. Yeah. And just like falls for it again. 
And the minute he walks away, she's like, oh, he was nice. And Rory's like, you're really, you're feeling really good about yourself. Feeling good about yourself. Yeah. Yep. Do you want me to show you a mirror? And immediately Laura's like, okay, okay, let's, <laughs> let's get back to the program here. They go into Chilton and there's this moment where they're walking in and we get to see three girls. It's not, we don't know who they are yet, mm-hmm. but the way they're standing there gives me Heather's vibes. Oh, totally. And one of them ends up being one of my favorite characters. Mine too. Next, we see them standing right outside of the headmaster's office. There's this moment of silence between the two of them. And Lorelai says, are you ready? Rory says, no. Then they pause for a beat. Are you ready? Yes. And then they walk in. And I think that's a really great mother-daughter moment. Because it is a big change for Rory to enter the school and not know anyone or understand the rigor of what's about to happen and what's about to change for her. And I just love that like little moment between the two of them. So they enter the headmaster's office and lo and behold, Emily Gilmore is there. She's already there. She's waiting for them to arrive. And she's basically in the Chilton colors too. Yeah, I made a note of that. (laughs) She is wearing the Chilton colors. Are you surprised though that Emily was there? No. No, of course not. I think it's another way of showing the element of control mm-hmm. that Emily wants to have in this situation. She's paying for Chilton. She wants to be involved. And we find out that Hanlon and Richard are good friends and that Hanlon's wife, Biddy, and Emily are good friends as well. Mm-hmm. So there's like this family dynamic there to make it clear that Rory is very important to them. Mm-hmm. I think she just also does not trust Lorelai. To make a good impression. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> rightfully so in this moment. It's so awesome. <laughs> the whole awkwardness of her wanting to keep her jacket on and then Emily saying, at you this, don't want him to think you're rude. Yeah, and at this point she's finally tied up the jacket. Right. So, uh But she takes it off and does her little laundry Laundry day. day. Yeah. Emily looks at Lorelai in her cut-off shorts and tie-dye shirt. And cowboy boots. Mm -hmm. And you can see the disappointment, but also the, I knew this was going to happen. Yep. (laughs) It just goes to show their mother and daughter relationship almost seems like Emily expects Lorelai to make mistakes Mm -hmm. and to screw up. And Emily has to be there to pick up the pieces. And I think we see that in their argument from the pilot as well. You got pregnant. We wanted you to get married. We wanted to help you pick up the pieces. And it's this constant theme between the two of them. Mm -hmm. This time it's relating to Rory, not Lorelai herself. One of your favorite lines from this scene, I'd say from this episode, yeah. as we're talking about stuff. Yeah, um, my favorite line comes in this scene. It's when the headmaster, she's taught where Lorelai's talking to the headmaster, and you know, she's like, Well, you don't have to worry about Rory, she's totally low maintenance, like a Honda. Yeah, just easy. <laughs> she's and Rory is dying inside. I know, she's just like. 
Oh, because she's she's so nervous. I just love the delivery of that line because she just is starting to word vomit at this moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's usually the kind of the thing that makes people like her. Um, but it's just she's so frantic that it's just coming off so neurotic. Well, her whole day, her whole morning was frantic. So I feel like yeah. she hasn't come down yet mm-hmm. from that experience. But I also think this is a great way for us to see Rory when she is nerve nervous is more inward and she's very composed yes Lorelai has no composure no she's this is where I think she gets she you see a little bit of Rory is more like her grandparents Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's like kind of in her blood yeah she definitely presents more as Emily in this moment Mm -hmm. than she does Lorelai yeah why do we think Emily felt the need to put in a good word for Rory. I think that, I think that's just how maybe they work in their, in Mm -hmm. that kind of upper class. Yeah. You know, this is the proper thing to do. We know, we know the headmaster and. Yeah. It's cause she says we want them to know that they have a Gilmore at Chilton. And it definitely feels like a society thing. Mm Mm-hmm. More than just, I want to show support for Rory's first day. And Lorelai's a Gilmore. So they would know, and Rory's a a Gilmore. Right. It's just kind of sad, or it's not sad, uh, off-putting how she says Mm -hmm. a Gilmore. Mm -hmm. Like, a good Gilmore. That's exactly what I was going to say. A good Gilmore. Mm -hmm. A Gilmore that has not messed up her future. Yep. I think that says a lot there. Um, they obviously care about their reputation there. Yes. <laughs> well, especially since they're friends with Hanlon already. Yeah. There's already a relationship established. Mm-hmm. So it's to keep it going. Well, it's like also within the school, too. Because mm-hmm. I can imagine this being more of like being in a something like almost like religious Right. You know, like, oh, is this girl going to be a troublemaker? Look where she comes from. Yeah, totally. You know? An unmarried mother. Yeah. A young mother. What is this going to, what kind of message does this send? To the other students. And, mm-hmm. yeah. To the parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we do get to see some of that as we get into the season more. We do get to see there is some pushback with Lorelai with the parents when she goes to parent night. And the other parents are, like, not into what she has to say at all. So there, we do get to see that dynamic. Love it. I do, too. <laughs> I do, too. I love watching Lorelai, like, operate amongst her peers. I do, too, because there, there is a sense of awkwardness to it. Mm-hmm. Insecure. Very. And we always see her very, like... Confident. Very within herself. Mm-hmm. Not afraid to be herself, but when mm-hmm. she's with her peers... Yeah, we'll get into that more later. Yeah, definitely, (laughs) definitely. I just wanted to add one of my favorite jabs that Emily has in this moment is when she says goodbye to Hanlon and she says that her and Lorelai are going to leave. As she's walking out the room, she asks Lorelai, do you need a ride or is your horse parked outside? I just love that. (laughs) I think Emily has a very dignified way of doing her, her jabs in public. It doesn't come off as attacking as it would if they were one-on-one. 
Because they really get into it then when they leave the office. Yeah. Well, I'm actually kind of surprised that she would say something like that in front of Hamlin. True. Because it almost comes off as like tacky and a little bit beneath her to like show that side of. That's a good point. That's a very good point. I'm kind of, but maybe because they're friends, they're family friends. And she is like letting him know, like, look, I'm taking care of this. That's true. I think that that could be the case. More of her showing, I'm going to rein her in. So don't worry about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That definitely could be the case. It has to be, I, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Cause I don't think she would do something that would jeopardize her relationship with Hanlon and Biddy. I think mm-hmm. it's more of, I realize this is a problem, but don't worry. I'm going to make sure this is not an issue. Mm-hmm. So it's probably good that she showed up in that sense. Who knows what would have happened if she hadn't shown up? What kind of impression Lorelai would have made? I don't think she would have ever taken her coat off. I don't think that he would have made her take her coat off. Emily's the one that made her take that coat off. That's very true. So I think it would have gone smoother. But we would not have been we, laughing. Yeah, we would not have been enjoying it. It would not have been entertaining to watch had she kept her jacket on. Yeah. Right. And well, we got to discuss this moment real quick. Uh, as Lorelai is leaving with Emily, she walks away without her coat. <laughs> and Hanlon goes, oh, you don't want to forget your coat. And she goes, oh, yeah. No, that would be embarrassing. <laughs> so great no because that would be embarrassing yes yeah, such a good line she can laugh at herself which and so charming yes yes it's yep. just that very neurotic thing that you very so good she does right. it so good mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so emily and lorelei get into their argument about lorelei embarrassing rory and embarrassing the gilmore name and we get back into this argument like you said in the last episode they can slip into an argument so naturally it's like second nature to yeah them that's to argue. like that's how they communicate mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. have to argue that's the only way mm-hmm. they get out what they need to say and I didn't really, I mean, I knew that that's how their relationship started was the constant arguing. But now that we're really paying attention to it, I'm curious to see when that shift happens, where it's no longer an argument every time they talk. I can't imagine how stressful that would be to that would be your relationship with your mother and and you're in your 30s and you're still communicating with your mom that way. That's like teenager behavior. But that goes back to... Every time Lorelai is in an argument with Rory, we see that teenager come out again. Mm -hmm. So it's like she has not matured in that sense emotionally. But something has to shift. Something has to trigger the change. So what is it? Lorelai and Emily have now left the headmaster's office and we are left with Rory and the headmaster. He's going through her file of Stars Hollow. And I think it starts to become apparent to Rory that she really is in a different world here. Mm-hmm. She's not the big, the big fish, fish in a small, small pond. pond. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I wrote. He starts asking her what her aspiration is. What does she want to be? She says she wants to be like Christian Amanpour. And he insinuates that it's because she wants to be on TV. Mm-hmm. She says, I want to see the world. I want to talk about the world the way it really is and he says oh don't you want to be like oprah or rosie or that woman from the view yes 
And part of me watching this many times now, I get very defensive of that. Why are you talking down to your new student? Mm -hmm. Is it to harden her a little bit because he can tell that she's soft and innocent and sensitive? Or is he just an asshole? I don't know. Or if it's something Emily said to him, like, be tough on her. Yeah. I don't know. Because he just seems like an asshole right now. But I don't know. We see later that they end up having a decent rapport with one another. Mm -hmm. This initial introduction to his character is very off-putting for me. Yeah, it's really like we expect you to kind of fail. Right. Almost. That's the undertone of the conversation. Right. Because he does tell her, you're coming in to the school year having already been somewhere else. We have already started. It is very likely that you will fail. Mm-hmm. And he's like cutting down all the stuff she's done in Stars Hollow. Like you haven't done, you haven't, you don't have a lot of social activities. activities. And she says, well, living in Stars Hollow is a social activity, but it doesn't look good on paper. Yeah, he was, he's all thinking, like, we, we, we want, we represent the best of the best. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of just, like, the slacker. Right. It's, you have a 4.0. Great. So does everyone else at this school. So what is going to set you apart from mm-hmm. everyone else? Yeah. And it's the same thing with the uniforms and everyone having to do certain things and look a certain way and look good on paper and off paper. And we're starting to see that she has entered a world where who you are and how you look is everything. Mm -hmm. And that's very different from Stars Hollow. It is. And, you know, I think she's handling it pretty well. I mean, she looks sad underneath her eyes Mm -hmm. because I think she's always just she's the golden girl. But she's got that composure, which just makes you like her so much. Oh, I agree. I, there's no way I would be composed in this situation. No, I would have cried. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely. definitely would have cried. The minute he would have said, you will fail, I would have bawled and been like, this isn't yeah. for me. Mom, 16-year-old me, me, 16-year-old <laughs> me would have been shaking. Yeah. Just like the the sense of no confidence in her whatsoever and not that I, like, need someone to be a cheerleader for me constantly. Oh, But yeah. just to know that someone there has your best interest well, in mind. Yeah, it's like it's very scary, this, this situation. And going to a new school in general is always sc- very scary. Right. So, yeah, I feel for her so bad in this scene. I do, too. It's especially when he challenges her goals. Mm-hmm. And kind of goes after her character. Without having met her, he already had this idea of who she was based on her transcripts, based Mm -hmm. on the letters of recommendation from her teachers. He says that that's not going to get her anywhere. They have a good relationship with her grandparents. That's not going to get her anywhere. That does not matter. Even if they make the best lobster puffs he's ever had. Yeah, the best lobster puffs. Which we did not have a recipe in that cookbook for anything for this episode. So we'll talk more about what we decided to do for this one. I think it just does a great job of establishing the hierarchy of Chilton right off the bat. Before we even meet any of the students, 
any of the teachers, Charleston does a great job of saying, this is not going to be easy. It's going to be very hard. You are not going to be happy here, but the outcome outweighs the struggle. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something she is not familiar with. Yeah. So we have established a new direction for her to go, which I think is great. And maybe he wants to be hard on her because he's scared that she will fail and he doesn't want her to fail. True. Like a tough love kind of approach. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now we transition to Rory going to the admissions office and she brings her file. Her file gets passed to a Chilton student and then suddenly gets passed through the window to a hand like sticking up and like (laughs) grabbing it and pulling it down. And we meet the infamous Paris Geller. Mm -hmm. The Heather girls. The Heather girls, yes. (laughs) So it's Madeline, Paris, and Louise. I love the three of them. I know, me too. As a child, when I was watching this the first time, could not stand them. Oh, I would have hated them too. But as an adult, what a great trio of girls. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So good. (laughs) So... We already establish the hierarchy with the headmaster. Now we get to see it firsthand. Paris is like looking through Rory's file. She's just trying to get all the information on this new girl. Mm-hmm. I'm Her sure. competition. Yeah, it's competition. And I'm sure it's very rare for someone to start halfway, you know, or quarter way into the school mm-hmm. year. What's so special about Lorelai Gilmore that she gets to start into the school year when we've already, when the hierarchy has already been established at this point. There's a lot of insecurity there. I don't think Madeline and Louise care as much. No, they But don't. they definitely, like, play up Paris, and they know that it's a big deal to Paris. Yeah, they're, like, totally freaking her out because they enjoy it. And they're such mean girls. Yes. Like, that. there is that thing of when it happens, like, with the three girls in a friendship. Mm-hmm. There's, like, two that kind of will feed the other one. And right. Yeah. They see that, that that's happening in that dynamic. <laughs> it's weird because they're pictured to be, like, a good trio of friends. But really, it's Madeline, Madeline and Louise that are friends. Mm-hmm. And Paris is just there. And Madeline and Louise do exactly what you just said. They build Paris up and then knock her down. Mm-hmm. We get to see Paris and her immediate insecurity with someone new. There's competition. She's worried about Rory being in the paper. She's worried that Rory has good relationships with adults. These are all things that clearly are important to Paris because I think they have similar goals. Mm -hmm. And immediately Paris sees her as competition. We see that there's going to be conflict here. Yeah. And I think that's a great way of setting up everything we need to know about Paris for now. Now we are back with Lorelai going into Luke's and she has her iconic, I need coffee in an IV and like slaps her wrist. Like, Uh come on, give me the coffee. She tells Luke it's been a really bad day. Luke asks why. She says, well, today was Rory's first day at Chilton. He gives her this look. And totally checks her out and then says, and that's what you wore to take Rory to Chilton as he's jamming 
He's fix. He's, he's trying- fixing a toaster. I thank God that band had that unplugged because he was. I he know. has a screwdriver and a toaster. It's like here's some busy work. Do this with your I, hands. I almost think that since this is like a teenager show, they should have established that he had that unplugged. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> but also, like Luke. Hopefully, no, most people yeah. know to unplug an appliance, but, right. but it's a kid, kind of a younger person show. But True. I'm sure teenagers know that. I hope they know that. Right. I love that moment between the two of them. It just establishes that there's something else there. Mm-hmm. She goes to Luke when things happen in her life. Always. And talks to him, talks it through, and they have this great way of communicating when he talks to other people, it's not as quick-witted, but when he talks to Lorelai, they almost have, like, their own language, mm-hmm. and I love that. I know, and, like, the grumpy thing, it, it's she loves it, Yes, and he knows she loves it. That is him flirting with her, mm-hmm. absolutely, and I love it. I know, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about what we decided to do for this week, because you, as you know, we are going through the Christy Carlson Eat Like a Gilmore cookbook and trying to cook something uh, from her recipe book for each episode that we watch. As we went through this episode, the only thing that was talked about was lobster puffs. And in her cookbook, there is nothing about lobster puffs, which is fine. It's because I didn't actually, I think it's because I didn't actually eat them in the show. It was just mentioned. Exactly. So we decided uh, to enjoy a cup of coffee today because Lorelai has many cups of coffee Mm -hmm. and she needs it like an IV. That's her like iconic moment from this episode. Triple calf. Mm-hmm. And we usually record in the mornings. So it was easy for us to pick something breakfast related. And mm-hmm. Elise had suggested Pop Tarts because mm-hmm. that is a, a go to. But I did the, they were brought to you by the mini edition. Yeah, the mini Pop Tarts. This is not an advertisement for <laughs> mini Pop Tarts, by the way. But I will say, pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I enjoyed really, them. I really like them. And I did dip mine a little bit in my coffee. Okay. So, Elise, how do you take your coffee? Let's talk about that. Because oh, we there's usually. There's so, so many different ways. Amy. Okay. But if somebody said, you want a cup of coffee, how would you order it? Like, in the best. In my dream scenario? In your dream scenario, how would you order your coffee? What do I get at Starbucks? Yeah, let's do that. What do you get at Starbucks? I get six shots of espresso with extra ice. And a side of cream, right? Well, a little bit extra cream. Okay. Because that's a lot of shots of espresso. It is a lot of... But I remember this. And I do enjoy like a one-pump vanilla in there. Oh, the one-pump? I did not know. That was an, that's been a new addition. Okay. Um, okay. At... From the Keurig, I will take it black. I will take it with cream. Okay. I don't need... I kind of prefer not flavored cream. Okay. I like just a straight half and half. Okay. I am the opposite. So when I'm at home with my Keurig, I also have an espresso... And I do like to add a shot of espresso to my coffee from time to time. We didn't do that today. But we did have about three large cups of coffee. (laughs) So I think we're probably good in that department. It could explain the much more livelier attitude that we have today as we are filming. (laughs) 
But at home, I'm just a black coffee with my almond milk creamer, and I'm good. Uh, at Starbucks, though, I mm. get very complicated. Oh. I'm, I have to order online. I've ordered for you before, though. You I know, but in the fall, my order is complicated. Okay. So I'm, I have to order online because I have too much embarrassment of my order to like say it out loud to it, someone. I feel embarrassed saying mine too. Yeah. So right now I currently do a dirty chai, mm-hmm. which is a chai with espresso for those of you that don't know. Um, I learned that from our friend Jenny. Is this hot? No, ice. it's iced. Okay. Even in the wintertime, I drink ice. Me too. Only Unless from it's at Starbucks. Home. I like a yeah, hot coffee. Exactly. From home, but. So, iced chai with a shot of espresso. I like to have almond milk with my chai, not regular milk. That's because I have lactose intolerant issues. And then I do the pumpkin cold foam on top. Oh, wow. That sounds good. Only in the fall. Otherwise, I just. Don't do cold foam at all. Yeah. Because I can't do like... Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I don't like chai. Ugh. And I really was excited when I used... Because I used to work for a coffee shop for like 10 years total of all my coffee shop experiences. So when I was going to try chai, try try, I was so excited, but I hated it. I think it tastes like perfume. Oh, I love it. I think it tastes like soap. Okay, the first time I had it, this is so off topic, but the first time I had it, it reminded me of potpourri uh, from Christmas time. You want to drink I, that, Amy? Yes, so I love path. it. You are Paris and Emily. I am. I think I am because <laughs> I just love the ambiance of a chai, the smell. And it's more when it's hot that it has that flavor and smell. When it's cold, it's not quite as like a big of a punch of okay. chai. And I think the the pumpkin cold foam helps it too. A lot of people like chai. I'm not calling everyone a sociopath who likes chai, just you. That's fair. Okay. <laughs> Completely fair and justified. But yeah, so that's our coffee orders. Then we had our mini Pop-Tarts, a very mm-hmm. Lorelei. I feel like she would bring those in the Jeep on the way to the inn or something. Very good. So we'll hopefully have some recipes next week for you. I think we will. It'll just take us going through and deciding what to Mm -hmm. make, but we'll just do one next week. So we'll post pictures of our lovely coffee order and then um, our mini Pop-Tarts on the Instagram underscore growing up Gilmore underscore. We won't rate the coffee because we are obviously going to rate our own preferences five out of five for coffee. But how about the Pop-Tarts out of Stars Hollows? What would you give the mini Pop-Tarts? I, I give them like a four. Yeah, I think that's fair. I would do a four, too. I mean, I wasn't blo- I'm wasn't. i not blown away by them. No. I would even fun. say like a three, 3.5. Sure. I, I'd probably a four because I would buy them again. I would buy them again, and that's the problem. Yeah, so four. I'll good. save them yeah. for road trips. Four stars hollows, yeah. Four stars hollows from us on the mini Pop-Tarts. So then we see Patty asks Lorelai if this is her first day, Rory's first day at Chilton. And she says, yes. And then Patty goes, is that what you wore? And Lorelai's like, oh, look at the time. I got to get going. (laughs) And we were talking about how this is a very relatable moment. Oh, yeah. 
not so much like the outfit and the circumstance, but just the being under watchful eye for every little thing you do. And everyone's calling her out too. They're, it's not even just a look. It's like, and you wore that. Right. And she makes a note of that later when she's talking to Suki. Yeah. Everyone noticed. Luke noticed. My mom noticed. The fireman with the tiny head noticed. I mean, she never hears the end of it. It's like, of course she knows that's not what you're supposed to wear. Right. What? Be like, what happened? Like, yeah. <laughs> don't just assume that she was like, yeah, I'm going to wear this outfit. Right. Lorelai pulls up in the Jeep to her home. We see this great moment of her physicality again. Also, can I say that how that Jeep pulled up, she ran over the cur- like the little garden block curves on her driveway. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't catch that. I'll have she to does. watch that again. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't surprise me I know. at this point. Like, after hearing you look terrible from so many people, I would be road raging for sure. Like, just get me home so I don't have to see anybody else. She even drives like Lorelai. Yes. Yep. Completely. <laughs> we get to see her physicality as she is trying to balance now her coffee, her dry cleaning. Which is like five bags. Right. So you're telling me you only have five outfits? You had nothing to wear? Unless you were doubled up in those bags. Maybe. And then her coat. Her coat falls on the ground. She has this great moment where she's balancing the coffee cup between her dry cleaning and her chin. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm just thinking, how many times did you have to film that? And how many times did you actually spill the coffee? Yeah. Because she does it and it looks... Crazy, but flawless at the same time. I know. She's so good at that. She picks up the coat, puts it on her head, mm-hmm. struggles to open the door, and just got balanced And finds the, the phone before she puts anything down. Yeah, the phone rings, and she takes... She still has everything in her hands, and the coffee underneath her chin, and the clothes, and mm-hmm. she just takes her head and lets her head drop down, and the coat slides off, and then she plops on the couch, and it's just that that effortless... Effortless chaos. But her yeah. body acting, her it's just her physicality is so good. I it know. really shines in this episode. I so agree. Cool. She answers the phone, hello, and <laughs> Emily goes, Lorelai. And Lorelai says, Mom. Mom. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. This is where we kind of get to see. So, okay, in the last episode, we talked about Lorelai's kind of fascination with Rory's outward appearance Uh and we were discussing where does that come from why does she have that we get to see here this is where that comes from Mm -hmm. Emily is calling to ask can she get Rory the sweater vest can she get her the sweatshirt from Chilton from Chilton yes um the bag the the, socks the socks all of these things. And Lorelai's like, what are you getting a cut of the merchandise? Yeah. <laughs> like, why does she need all of these things? And Emily says, well, she would be the only one there that doesn't have them. And really puts value on Rory fitting in, Rory looking the part. Uh-huh. Because Rory is a Gilmore. And I'm sure a lot of the families that go to Chilton know the Gilmore family. As Emily and Richard. Mm -hmm. Now Rory is being introduced as part of that family and carrying this title. She needs to look the part. She can't be missing things. She can't 
not have the socks. And they have to look like they fit because then she asks uh, Lorelai what size she is. If she's a six or an eight. Right. And Lorelai says, well, buy her an eight so she can grow into it. And Emily says, I'll buy her the six. And if she grows out of it, I'll just buy another one. I know. Because it needs to look. It needs needs to fit to her. Right. It can't be too big. Right. She can't be wearing something oversized. It has to look just right. And Lorelai's more of like, well, you know, she's going to grow into it because she's had the budget. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we see that dynamic of Lorelai having to work things or having to work around obstacles financially and Emily being very flippant with the money. Mm. I'm sure Chilton labeled items are not cheap. If the tuition (laughs) is expensive, there's no way. I bet those socks are like $40. Mm -hmm. So for for her, yeah, for her to buy her a Chilton coat I'm sure is hundreds. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I think that to bring it back around to where it comes from. And it, I mean, obviously Lorelai loves clothes. Mm -hmm. So I think this outward, it does come from Emily. Yeah. Which is interesting because Lorelai would never say she's like her mother. Oh yeah. But Rory loves being like her mother. And it's interesting because I don't really recall in any of these episodes Rory ever being super into clothes. No. When she's in cute things, mm-hmm. but she never has like a fascination with it as much as I noticed. No, no. And we can talk about that when she goes like on her first date with Dean. Yes. She yeah. doesn't know what to wear. And yeah, mm-hmm. we can go into all of that then. But it's very clear that Emily needs her to look the part. Uh-huh. And... Lorelai wanted her to look the part in Stars Hollow. Emily wants her to look the part at Chilton. So Rory has like these puppet masters in both areas of her life, no matter where she is or what she's doing. Yeah. She does. And when Dang. Yeah. And, <laughs> and when does she get to be her own person? We are back with Rory at Chilton in her English class. And we had to stop and pause because as we were watching this, we realized this was an English class. I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously, they're talking about Dickens and... Tolstoy. Yeah. Where's Max? He's the English teacher. Yeah. That he comes in. Yeah. Later on and is the English teacher and starts a sparks with Lorelai. Right. So... But this is a completely different teacher. Yeah, Yeah. I never caught that continuity error there. Yeah, yeah. no, I didn't either. It's so minor, though. Oh, yeah. Because you just have to be like, oh, I guess she's in an English class. And we only see this teacher once. Right, right. Well, yeah, that's why it never occurred to me that it's not the same person. Yeah, I know. Because everything happens so fast in the scene. After class, the teacher gives her this huge binder and says, these are the notes that will help you catch up. But it's valuable to get a classmate's notes so you know the ins and outs of what is really going on in the lectures. And there's this look on her face of total fear. I'm going to have to learn all of this and someone else's notes. Yeah, because this is like a huge, huge book. Right. A recap of. Right. Textbook. She has this pressure already and then she exits the classroom before we exit the classroom though oh yeah please 
We did not introduce. <gasps> You're right. We did not introduce Tristan. Chad Michael Murray Tristan. Chad, yes. He comes in with this swagger. And chewing a pen. Yeah. Don't trust a man. That chews a pen. Yeah. <laughs> Never. No. But it is kind of cute. Let's and he's clearly already into Rory. Yeah. He sees her in Locke's eyes. He's like, who's this new girl? Mm-hmm. He's chewing a pen. And as class is over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as class is over, he says, looks like we've got ourselves a Mary. Mary. I had no idea what that meant in that moment. I should have going to Catholic school, but no clue at that time. Uh, So she leaves the classroom and Paris is outside. She basically runs into Paris. She like turns around and she's like right there in her face. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We've all met that person. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And there's a lot of projection and insecurity from Paris in that like five minute scene with Rory. And she really lays on the intimidation. Mm-hmm. Like, this is my school. This is my turf. Like, You'll never catch up. Are you going to go out for the Franklin? And Rory's like, this is my first day. Like, back off. Yeah, the Franklin is the newspaper. Mm-hmm, and, yeah. mm-hmm. and as annoying as Paris is, I just love her. I know. I. What a fun character to play. I know. And Elise and I were talking about this last night, like joking about which characters we felt we were the most like. Uh And I said jokingly that I was Emily and Paris with and you you kindly suggested there's a little Rory there, too. (laughs) But you said Paris is the part of you that we don't get to see. It's like my internal monologue. Yeah, it's like you're. What did I say, somebody? It's also, like, it's, no, you and Rory and Paris. Yes. So it's, like, Paris and Rory is, like, like you. And it's, like, Rory's fighting her Paris. Your yeah. Paris. Yeah. I think I told you, like, I am the best of Rory and the worst of Paris. <laughs> and I think that's very accurate. They balance each other out. hmm mm-hmm. <laughs> Another story for another day. Yeah. But in that small moment, we get... We learn a lot about Paris, the insecurities, which we get to see a lot more of and and why she has those insecurities. She's definitely projecting on Rory that she has this need to be perfect in everything that she does. We don't know why yet, but it is a very interesting journey that Paris presents to us. And it's so cool because I don't we did we didn't get into this part of how uh Liza she auditioned for Rory. Liza did. Liza auditioned for Rory. Really? Yeah. I did and not know that. Yes. She auditioned for Rory. They loved her. Amy loved her and said, look, we love you. You did a great audition. You don't fit as Rory, but we're going to especially write a character for you. No way. Yes. What? How did you not know this? I did not know that. Paris was like specifically written for her. And so <gasps> Liza said when she got that role, she was like, I was kind of young and I was kind of taken aback. I was like, whoa, because this girl's like, Paris is so intense and crazy. And I kind of was offended, not offended, <laughs> but like taken aback by that. Like, you think I could play this kind of person? And she said, now it's like, she's so happy she got to play somebody so fun. I love that. Yeah, I did not know, know, you didn't know that. 
I love that. Yeah. Amy created it just for her. There'd be no Paris if Liza didn't wow it in her audition. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Thinking about it, there's no way she could have been Rory. No, 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 She has such a a harshness. I don't mean that in a bad way, but she has like a harshness to her. Yeah. That would not come off the same. She's very, very strong. There's just that power that she has in her just Mm -hmm. naturally. Mm -hmm. We leave our interaction with Paris and we are back at the Independence Inn in the kitchen with Suki and for the first time, Jackson. Jackson. We get this scene of them with the peaches, which I love. This interaction, this like back and forth that they have together where he thinks she's crazy. She is crazy, but it's just like this fun playfulness between the two of them. Now, this is the first time we see Jackson. What's nice about the Jackson and Sookie is that this is very mirroring Luke and Lorelai. Yes, mm-hmm. but we get to the chase much faster, oh, yeah. much faster. Yeah. Um, because they're simpler people. Yes. Sookie and Jackson are simpler. I agree. I agree. So we meet Jackson. They're discussing. Lorelai comes in and says, oh, don't I look great? Fishing for her usual compliments. You know, telling Sookie how the first day at Chilton went. And talking about her outfit from this morning. And then Michelle breaks up the conversation about how proud they are of Rory. And he comes in, says there's a phone call for Lorelai. And she needs to take it right now. And he does that little, if I am to be fetching you for phone calls, I demand a treat and a raise (laughs) with his little dry French sense of humor Mm -hmm. that I just love. He's so And we transition into the main part of the inn. Lo and behold, the phone call is Emily again calling with wonderful news that she got Rory a prestigious parking lot spot at Chilton. And Lorelai's like, Rory doesn't have a car. Yeah, and she's like, (laughs) well, her birthday's coming up. Another just, we'll just buy her a car. You know, very casual about it. And Lorelai tells her she's taking the bus. Emily says, I hate that she takes the bus. Drug dealers take the bus. We get to see that juxtaposition between their lives again. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a hierarchy. It's a status. We don't want Rory taking the bus because it makes the Gilmore name look bad. And that's her, like, opinion of people take the bus. Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We She really pushes her beliefs onto Mm Lorelai. And I almost think she does it to get into Lorelai's head. Like, if she says drug dealers take the bus, maybe Lorelai will rethink the decision of having Rory take the bus. Mm -hmm. There are moments where Lorelai does fall for that, but this was not one of them. Well, it just goes to show exactly why Lorelai wanted to get away from her mother, because she wants to raise her daughter. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're not giving her, like, you're not just saying, oh... Here, Rory can have a car. That's mm-hmm. something that she should decide if she wants her daughter to her sixteen year old daughter to have. Right. Without working for or mm-hmm. doing anything for. It's just her coming in and being like, I'm gonna take over the motherly spot and get mm-hmm. her, you know. Well, and in turn, she is trying to parent Lorelai too. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. I yeah. mean, this is the third time now that she's talked to her mother in a day. 
Yeah. I love calling my mom and talking <laughs> to my mom, so I can't comment on yeah. that. But if you have a relationship like that with your mother, you don't want to hear from no. your mom three times in one day. No. The fact that when she picks up the phone, she's like, mother, I did not give you this phone number. Says <laughs> You're calling all you her need at to know. work. I think, yeah. I think when you start calling your daughter at work, that just starts to be embarrassing. It's a boundary. Yeah. It's a boundary. Mm-hmm. And... It's interesting because now we see that dynamic of Lorelai and her mom need to set boundaries. Mm-hmm. Rory and Lorelai need to set, set boundaries. boundaries. Yeah. So there's a lot of lack of boundaries happening here. But I would say Lorelai, even though she makes the snide comments of, I didn't give you this number. Why are you calling me? She never actually says, don't call me. So she doesn't set that boundary, even Mm-mm. though it's very clear in her jabs that she wants to set it. Yeah. She could just say, could you stop calling me all the time? Right. But she doesn't. And I can't figure out why that is. I know. I think she kind of likes talking to Emily a little bit. Yeah. Well, I know Michelle does. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After the phone call, we jump right back into Chilton with a scene of Tristan and Rory walking down the hallway. It is a very short scene, but it tells us all we need to know about Tristan. Mm -hmm. He is clearly very interested and invested in Rory, and I can't tell if it's because he's genuinely attracted to her or if it's like a fresh meat kind of situation. I don't, yeah, I'm not sure either. I think he is, I think he's generally attracted to her, or if maybe not in the beginning, but he definitely does become very intrigued by Rory. Mm-hmm. She, and I think the fact that she doesn't give in to him, yeah. it becomes a game to yeah, him. Yeah, because he's, he's the cute guy in school, and mm-hmm. he gets whoever he wants, and she's like immediately put off by him. Well, he like pushes her up against the wall. I know. He offers her the notes for class, and then he says... Oh, we can study them together. She's like, I think studying is like a solitary activity. Yeah. <laughs> and he just looks at her like, oh, you're so innocent. Uh-huh. Whatever. He's like, I'm going to get you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, he says, does this role really well, I will say. Right. Yeah, it's interesting because I do wonder if the show would have ever gone in the direction of Rory and Tristan I together. I would love to know. I think they were trying for it. Yeah. But as I watch, I think that they would have became friends. I think so, too. Well, and, you know, Chad Michael Murray left to do One Tree Hill. Yeah. Well, it was first Dawson's Creek. Right. Then One Tree Hill. Right. So he became a name on his own at that point. Yeah. And I think that kind of shifted whatever plans they originally had for Tristan. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't... But there isn't... She does not seem like how she has a thing. Rory has a thing with the guys who are kind of bad in a sense, like the bad attitude. Yeah. A little bit of a troublemaker attitude. Yeah. And usually she kind of right away gets something for them. She never seems into him to me. I agree. I, it's interesting because the minute Dean showed interest in Rory, she was smitten. Yeah. What's the difference? And how Tristan shows interest because he uses. He's calling her Mary, first off. True. But right. I mean, she doesn't even know what that means at that point. But she's like, my name's Rory. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. It, it's I think, immaturity. Yes. 
I think there is a sense of maturity to Dean. I yeah. do not care for Dean, but I will say that Dean does have a sense of maturity that Tristan cannot offer. Oh, yeah. And I think, too, Rory being with Dean is her, like, anti-Chilton world moment. Mm-hmm. Like, I am above dating someone at Chilton. I'm too cool to date someone at Chilton. Yeah. So my boyfriend is going to be from a different school. I don't even know if it's like she thinks she's too cool. I think I don't even know if it's that. Maybe. I think she just saw Dean and was like that initial like 16-year-old girl thing when you just like like someone because they're really cute. Yeah. And you're attracted to them. Yeah. And like it just says that's what it is. And, and she is innocent enough too at this point where it's like, well, I saw Dean first, so it's him and yeah. not Tristan. Yeah, and Tristan's being really skeezy about, like, he's not trying to get to know her at all, where Mm-mm. Dean was, like, noticing, like, nice things about Rory. Very true. And Tristan's just, like, treating her like a piece of meat. Right. So, and Rory don't got time for that. It's a big no. day. It's a, uh, this all happens <laughs> in one day. This episode is one day. Yeah, yeah. Horrible. Poor Rory. (laughs) (laughs) I love how well this show does the back and forth because we were at the inn, then we were at Chilton, then we were at the inn, then we were at Chilton, and now we are back at the inn. Mm -hmm. It feels weird to explain it out loud in (laughs) in like a podcast setting, but it happens so easily. We are back at the inn and we get this moment. Someone's unhappy about their car getting scratched. And Lorelai fixes the situation. With her charm. With her charm and her wit and her good looks. And, and her, short, her very short skirts. And her very short skirts, yes. <laughs> and after that whole ordeal happens, Michelle comes back, makes another witty dog comment, coming to fetch her because someone needs to talk to her. And we find out it is Ian Jack, the man with two first names. The guy that hit on her um, at the beginning of the episode. Right. He decides to go there for lunch with a colleague. He's like, I needed to take someone somewhere, and I decided to go to this inn. And immediately asks her out to dinner. Lorelai is... She's like, no. Yeah, she says, you're a Chilton (laughs) dad. And he says, ooh, that sounds like a bad thing. And she said, it's not bad, it's just tricky. And I think it's interesting in this moment... Because she gets into a much trickier situation in a few episodes. Mm -hmm. So either she's not really interested in dating this man and just is enjoying playing this game. She likes flirting with him. Yeah. Either she's testing him to see if he'll chase her a little bit. I think she likes to be chased. I think so, too. I think that's... That's what keeps her in this conversation Mm -hmm. because he does not take no for an answer. And then finally says, I'm going on a business trip, but when I come back, I'm going to try again. Mm -hmm. And we never see him again. And that is fine. Yeah. I'm happy. Yeah. I never want to see him again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with Lorelai on this, but yeah, yeah, no, it's interesting because then I couldn't really distinguish either. I'm like, is she interested in this guy a little bit or not? I mm-hmm. I really don't think she was just like, well, maybe. I think, I think he's he too was easy. Just, yeah, it it's was just a easy. ploy to yeah. show that everywhere she goes, someone is falling in love with her. <laughs> you know? And he was mm-hmm. just 
the flavor of the episode. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Because we also needed that to create tension between her and Luke later. Yes. After that conversation, he walks away and she does that dog head tilt thing. Uh-huh. And uh, what does she say? He does that so well. Yeah. And Michelle, you're making like, me sick. You're she, making me sick. Yes. <laughs> it's so exactly. good. And oh. she's like, you can do that too. And I'll, I'm sure you do it great too. And he walks away and she's like, you could do it with a little bit more attitude, a little bit more purpose. <laughs> and then we cut back to Chilton. And Rory is struggling to open her locker. This is a scene that just gets me every time. It's horrible. Horrible. She has trouble getting her locker open. She finally gets it open with so much trouble that she essentially falls backward into Paris's massive project. It falls. It shatters. She's made like a whole town. Basically, a, yeah. With a moat and everything. Yeah, because what Rory are those dia- says. Diora- what are they, diorama? Like a diorama, yeah. yeah. Rory says... Is there water in that moat? <laughs> like realizing the level of work that Paris had to yeah. have put into this. And within seconds, it's destroyed. Mm-hmm. And Paris just leaves it there and says, leave me alone. Because mm-hmm. she knows. And we had this discussion when the teacher asks why her project isn't done. She just says, it's not done. And Rory stands up and says, well, I, I ruined her project. Accidentally. Accidentally, yes. And we can see that Rory has this moment of, I can help Paris get out of this because it is my fault that mm -hmm. the project is broken. But you made an interesting point about Paris telling her to shut up and stop talking about it. I think it's because of her pride. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want to have any excuses. Mm -hmm. She just wants to get marked down Mm -hmm. or like, don't. It's more, she's pissing her off even more for standing up and saying it's her fault. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And I think that speaks to Paris in general. She has a hard time when people show her good graces. Yeah. And we see that that's a pretty continuous theme in in Paris's character throughout mm-hmm. the series. I would say even into the revival, she has moments where you see the old Paris. Oh, she's so fantastic. In I know. revival, I cannot wait to talk I know. about it. Me too. <laughs> okay. But this like sneak peek into her pride and the level of commitment she has to being the best. Because you were like, why doesn't she just show the teacher that right outside the door, her project is like broken apart? Right. Which would just easily be like, I really did not mean to do this. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it is the pride. Yep. Mm-hmm. She would have rather have taken an incomplete than to show a broken project. Mm-hmm. I have certainly been there. <laughs> I have that same level of pride, I think. Well, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun to see that because watching it, I'm like, that's crazy. But I know I would have. Probably been the same mm-hmm. way. Yeah. So. And we got Tristan in there. Oh, yeah, because the teacher says, while you're standing up announcing to the class who you are, we have a new student. Everyone say hello to Rory Gilmore. And Tristan chimes in with his. Hello, Mary. 
Ugh. And chewing his pen. It, I'm pretty sure he's, like, chewing a mechanical pencil. Gross. <laughs> that, yeah. No, no. Uh-uh. No, thank you. Another shift in our story, we are with Lorelai at Luke's diner. She comes in ready to talk about her day. She, she says more coffee, though. Yes, more coffee. He immediately pours her a cup of coffee, and they start talking about all of the things that happened in her day. Also, I want to bring out, he goes, what are you doing here? She stops yes. in extra yes. today. He says, you're not normally here at this time. So he knows, and he's familiar with her patterns and her routine, mm-hmm. which I understand if you live in a small town, people are going to be familiar with your routine, but with them, it feels different. And the way they bump into each other when she walks into Luke's, they're like rubbing up against each other (laughs) and it creates like this weird tension moment. Yeah. And it's really just a moment. Like if you blink, you miss it. Mm -hmm. But I do think it adds something to this scene. Mm -hmm. So Lorelai is talking about, her day, and she happens to mention that this dad from Rory's school asks her out on a date, and she decides not to go. Luke says it's good that she doesn't go on the date because he's probably old. And they have this conversation about him being old and her being young, and it's very clear that he wants to establish she was not interested and did not go on the date uh-huh. because he asks her more than once. Well, you're not going right. And she's the last one. She says, no, I'm not going. And he says, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's this, and like, she's like, what good? Yeah. There's like a lingering moment of eye contact yeah. between them. But this is why I think it's interesting that she stopped an extra. Is she like going there just to tell him? I don't know. That's a good point. I feel like she went in just to, like, kind of tell him. Well, because this sparks conversation at the end of the episode between her and Rory. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to that. Yeah. But I think it has become second nature to Lorelai that when things happen, she talks to Luke. Mm-hmm. But this is a weird thing to... If you said, no, you're not interested in going on a date with someone, that's more something you would tell, I don't know, Suki. Right. Maybe but it's weird because she don't tell him when she likes a guy. Right. She's pretty sh- pretty sealed-lipped about that. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. It, it's almost as if she's trying to gauge his reaction to the news. Mm-hmm. How is he going to react if I... Like, she's playing a game with him. But it's like, it's not manipulative. No. It's really interesting how she plays it it's or like, does it flirtatious it's more of like i think she can't help herself she wants to tell him and like see if he i don't know is a little bit intrigued Mm -hmm. but yeah i don't know if she's like i don't think she's manipulating it no i don't either i think it's just her playing this like cute game a flirtatious game with Mm -hmm. him like are you gonna be jealous if i tell you that you know, I think she, she wants, wants him, him to, to be. be. Exactly. Yeah. She wants him to be jealous. And he takes that bait, man. Oh, absolutely <laughs> takes the bait. And we see him take the bait often. And I think he likes to take the bait. Mm-hmm. And then he gets annoyed with her the second later because her phone, cell phone rings. Yeah, their moment of like <laughs> eye contact breaks because her cell phone rings. And he hates a cell phone in his 
his little no cell phone sign. Yeah. We find out on the phone that it's Babette, her next door neighbor, whom we have not met yet. And she decides to rush out. She announces to Luke, I have to go. I have to go. And offers to pay for her coffee. He says, don't pay me for it. It was decaf. And she gives this look of total disgust. Mm -hmm. We arrive to her place and we get to meet Babette and Maury, who I love. They are such good neighbors and they're so fun. They're so weird. Uh, They tell her that somebody's snooping around the house and that they kicked one of the gnomes in the head. And Maury's like, that's just not cool. (laughs) We get to finally meet Sean Gunn. Except in this episode, he is not Kirk, he is Mick, and he is there to install DSL internet. And Lorelai is like, I do not need that. Well, I never need that, ever. (laughs) She's like, we didn't order DSL. He goes, oh no, it was ordered by Emily Gilmore. Mm. And I think Lorelai immediately sees red. Like, get off my porch. She marches back to her Jeep and she's ready to drive off. And fix the problem. Mm-hmm. Short and sweet, but another moment where we see Emily trying to control the situation. Mm-hmm. Back at Chilton, we are in the history class still with Rory and Paris. And there's another pop quiz session happening. The teacher's asking questions. Rory writes a note to Paris. I'm so sorry. Please let me help you. Passes it to Paris. And Paris immediately crumples it up. And throws it on the floor. She doesn't, e- she doesn't even read it. No. She's just... <laughs> just over it. Just so <laughs> over it. And Rory's, I think, finally just accepted this is who she is. She's had enough of this day. Mm-hmm. And the teacher starts asking questions. And instead of giving Paris time to answer, Rory just starts answering the drilled-off questions. And she knows it's making Paris mad, but she's... She's going to fight it now. And rightfully so. Mm -hmm, She should. Yeah. I think it establishes to Paris, you may think less of me because I'm not from here. I'm new. I come from a different lifestyle than the rest of you. But I earned my right to be here Mm -hmm. just like all of you did. And like she doesn't want to play nice. And then there are people out there, and Paris is very one of those people. She will never respect you. No. If you're like please, please forgive me. She's not ever going to respect that. Right. So. Yeah, I do think that this is a moment where it makes Paris really mad. But I think there's an inkling of mutual respect there too. She's like, oh, wait, I do a little respect you a little bit. Mm -hmm. She's one of those types of people. But Mm -hmm. we also get to see Tristan just like love this moment where Rory finally fights back because he's making these faces in the background where he's like oh like a cat just, fight kind he's of like thing loving it and making yep. out with his mechanical pencil <laughs> and like as he's leaving class that day he's like see you around mary mm. and rory still not knowing what it is keeps correcting him my name is it's rory, rory. It's yeah rory. yeah poor rory <laughs> so innocent so innocent lover Back to Lorelai. Last we saw her zooming off in her Jeep and we find out that she decided to go to the salon to find her mother and confront her about the DSL. We were just discussing as we were rewatching, did Lorelai really need to go out in public to confront her mother about the DSL? And the car and all the calls. And mm-hmm. Yeah, no, she didn't. 
<laughs> I felt bad for Emily because she was stuck. Like, she couldn't even go outside if she wanted to because she was... Under the hair dryer. Yeah. And it clearly in, in front of her peers. Yeah, that's where she goes and, you know... I think this kind of makes us realize that a lot of the things Emily is doing do not have negative intentions attached to them. It's how she shows love. That's her love language. Yes. And Lorelai, for whatever reason, is very put off by that. And I think there needs to come a point where Lorelai needs to accept that this is how Emily shows she loves you. Mm Mm-hmm. She's not going to do it with words. She, no. You're, they're never going to be Rory and Lorelai. No. They're never going to be joking around. And, you know, we do get to see a little bit of that. Right. Eventually. But that this is how she and her will. That's how she chose her love. So, And yeah. I think that's a constant battle between the two of them. Because Lorelai does not see it that way. She does not see it as in, this is my mother's love language. Mm-mm. She sees it as her being controlling. Yep. And trying to take over. I'm the mom. She goes, I'm the mom. Yeah. She finally puts her foot down. And which I completely agree. Like yes. she is the mom and like, she needs to tell her mom, you need to back off these. These are my decisions. It's my house. I decide if we want DSL or not. Mm-hmm. But does not need to be in public. No. Yeah, I think it's just Lorelai still has her guard up with her mother. Very much so. And I think, too, in this scene, we get to see again Lorelai's immaturity with situations that are difficult. Mm -hmm. She immediately goes and just blows up. There's no filter. She finds her wherever she can because she's seeing red and just explodes. She could have done it on the phone. She could have already, she didn't have to go from blowing it off Mm -hmm. to a hundred. Right. This is the first time I felt bad for Emily. Mm -hmm. Me too. Me too. And I think that's important. I think that shows how careful Amy Sherman Palladino was in writing these characters. Mm Mm-hmm. Because typically, I would never feel bad for an Emily character. No. But you get to see these glimpses of her just trying to make things easier for them, however she can, however she's able. And she's constantly met with a brick wall. Yeah, I'm the bad, I'm the bad guy. Yeah. Yep. And I think, you know, watching this as a kid... I really believed that Emily was the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Well, it's easy to be, it's easy to see it that way in the beginning, to be mm-hmm. honest, mm-hmm. if you're not paying attention. Right. But when you really take a step back and you look at it like we are now, it's easy to see that Emily does not have poor intentions. Mm-hmm. No. She just wants the best for her girls. Because I'm trying to think when I first watched it, and I think it was a couple episodes here and there before I actually start sat down and watched it from beginning to end Mm -hmm. on my own. I watched some with you and I was put off by Emily. Mm -hmm. And I think I remember you saying that and me telling you, you need to give her time because you come around to her eventually. Yeah. Cause she is, she is a lot. Mm -hmm. But so is Lorelai. Oh God. I know. (laughs) Oh, but they're so good. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. And I love how this argument ends because it's a shouting match, and then Lorelai says, well then, do they validate parking here? <laughs> and there's a few arguments that end 
awkwardly with that because I was watching season two last night Mm -hmm. and there's another argument that ends awkwardly like that. And my husband, Bryn, brought up, I love when they end arguments like that on this show. Yeah, it's so good. Mm -hmm. And you get reminded like, okay, Lorelai's going to, she's going to have her snapping moment, but she always comes back to her humor. Right. And I think it shows too that she got everything she needed to say off her chest and now it's time to go. And she's very good at just ending it when mm-hmm. it needs to be done. In, in this public. instant. In, in public, <laughs> right. Like, how do I come back from that? Yeah. We are finally back at Chilton for the last time in this episode with Lorelai waiting outside for Rory. And they immediately embrace in this huge hug. And I just love that Rory has no shame about that. I know. I think that speaks to her innocence and her genuine love for her mother. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she's not embarrassed. She doesn't care if people see her hugging her mother. Mm-hmm. In fact, Lorelai goes to let go and Rory says, no, not yet. Yeah. And they keep hugging. And it's so cool. It just makes me, I just, I just, I love, I love Rory so much. I know. She just has this great, like, natural charm about her. Mm -hmm. She does not care if people are like, you're hugging your mom. Yeah. I don't know any kid. Yeah, once you reach, like, teenager status, it's pretty rare that you want to openly hug your mother like that. Especially the first day of school. The first day of school when you already have had, like, a hard day. In front of all your classmates. But maybe at that point, she's already had such a rough day. She's like, doesn't matter what I do at this point. I'm hugging my mom. That's true. (laughs) I could totally see that. So they're talking about the day. They each say they had a bad day. And Rory says she's already having problems with mean girls and the boys are weird. And Lorelai asks her to clarify why are the boys weird. And she goes, they keep calling me Mary. Well, it was just Tristan. Right. Okay. (laughs) And Lorelai says, I can't believe they still do that. So that must be a thing at that time in private schools. Like Lorelai must have had that at her school growing up Mm -hmm. too. And Lorelai says, oh yeah, that's because you're innocent. You look like the Virgin Mary. And Rory says, well, what would they have called me if I was a slut? And Lorelai says, well, they would have called you... They would have added. They would have added Magdalene to it. (laughs) And Rory just loves, she's like, biblical references. This is a private school. school. And I just think, I love that she finds a positive in, like, the way she's being made fun of. This And the second she gets back with her mom, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. They get right back to their playing field, their their comfort zone. It's an an equal playing field now. As, as almost as immediate as for Lorelai and Emily to slip into an argument, it's just so easy for Lorelai and Rory to, like, balance each other back. And That's s- true. And that's a great juxtaposition to the last scene mm-hmm. with Lorelai and Emily fighting. And we see how easily they slip into that. And you're right, how easily Rory and Lorelai can slip into their best friend. Mm-hmm. We're having a conversation. Now They're our day is better. Forth. Yeah. Yep. Our, our day is immediately better, even though we had really bad days. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, it's so cool. Here we are at the final scene for this episode. We have 
Lane, Rory, and Lorelai all discussing their days. Uh, Elise pointed out that Rory doesn't know how to eat pizza <laughs> in this scene because she does kind of pick at it with her hands. Yeah, it's she's a little picking different. Her I think it's more apartment. polite than just like diving in. And if you have yeah. lines to say, you yeah. know, <laughs> I get why she does it, but yeah, it is weird. <laughs> we get this funny moment with Lane, and we were trying to decide what her sweatshirt said because she's wearing this pink zip up hoodie and it says, Foxy in large white letters. And Elise goes, I can't believe her mother would let her wear that. But then the minute she finds out she's late for lunch, she unzips the hoodie, undoes her hair, and runs to her parents' house. Mm, Late for dinner. Late for dinner. And Lorelai says, you know your mom already doesn't like me. Stop doing this to me. Because I'm sure Lane says, oh, well, Lorelai, you know, she pegs it on Lorelai rather than making it about her being late. Because she's been eating pizza and so she doesn't want her to go home full. Right. Exactly. They're having their conversation. Then Lane runs off and we get this really great mother-daughter moment from Lorelai and Rory where Lorelai asks her, pizza for your thoughts. And they talk about how Rory really wants to figure out how to fix things with Paris, how to deal with Paris. And she asks Lorelai, or Lorelai offers that she had a similar experience in school as well. And Rory asks, well, how did you deal with it? And Lorelai says, I got pregnant and I dropped out. (laughs) It's like, okay, great. Thank you for that advice, mom. (laughs) And we can see that Lorelai wants to help Rory, but also understands this is probably a situation Rory needs to figure out on her own. Mm -hmm. And Lorelai offers, can I talk to anyone like a teacher or a parent or what does she say? A big man named Moose or something (laughs) like that, adding a little humor into it. And then as they're talking... They pause right when they get to Luke's diner, and we see Luke cleaning off tables. He's wiping down tables. Yep, and Lorelai says, what do you think of Luke? And there's like this pause with Rory, and then Rory says, oh no, (laughs) you can't date Luke. And Lorelai immediately gets defensive. I said nothing about dating him. I just asked what you thought. Yeah, I said he was cute. cute. And Rory says, you can't date him. Because if you break up, then we can't eat there anymore. (laughs) She says, you should date Al from Al's Pancake World because his food's terrible. (laughs) And we wouldn't be missing out anymore. I love the face Lorelai makes throughout this entire interaction. Not only is she gauging how Rory feels about Luke herself, but she's also gauging how would Rory feel if I did pursue something with Luke. Mm-hmm. And does Rory see something between Luke and I? Yeah, her, she has good... In, I think she her instincts are, like, there with Luke. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. It's, she's kind of protective of them, but, yeah, we start to see it for the first time. But it's interesting because uh, Rory says, do you want to go in? Because they tend, they tend to go there at night a lot. Yes. And Lorelai's like, no, I'm full. I want to go home. And then... And then... Luke. As they walk away from the diner, Luke comes out the front door and... Kind of watches them. Yeah. Like kind of Dean moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it is a very Dean moment. He just watches them walk away. Wanted them to come in. Like, he was purposely staying, staying open, open. Mm-hmm. hoping they would come in, and they don't. And so he goes in and immediately turns the open sign to close. Yep. Like, the Gilmores aren't coming so I'm going to close for it the It was night. a really great way of, like, what you said earlier, show. Without telling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was what happened. We got to see what 
exactly how he feels. Yes. Yeah. And it didn't take much. I mean, that was like a five second Mm -hmm. interaction. And I love that it just pans out on him going back in, flipping the clothes sign. Mm -hmm. And that's the end of his night. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure he was like, why didn't they come in tonight? (laughs) I don't know. I maybe he probably was just like, whatever. I think he does the whatever, but I think he does overthink things sometimes. Yeah, you're right. He does. Especially he probably was like, did I screw it up earlier? Was that that the dad thing? Was it an in when she was there talking about that other guy and she's not going or, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. He probably was overthinking it. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> He's got that tough exterior, but totally soft inside. Yeah, thing. absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to the end of this week's episode. For this episode, we had 13 pop culture references. Wasn't that the same as last week? It was. I will make our... Unless we missed some. We had a couple that we were debating if we should use, Mm -hmm. like the English Mm -hmm. teacher's references, but that was more like... That's more the lesson. I feel like that's not in casual conversation. It's not like a clever whip. Right. You know, it's just... Yeah. We have to draw the line somewhere or else (laughs) we have like 40 references. And we do not want to say... Have to say 40. No. That's too hard. I agree. It's too much work. And we are here for a good time, not a hard time. (laughs) So thank you very much for listening. Next time, pick up with episode three of season one called Kill Me Now. Thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.